Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Stock up now for another big sports weekend at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. This is the part of the show where Matt whine, moans, and complains, and the ratings peak. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't have any complaints today. That was a heck of a set of games last night. No, very good. No, very, very good. Uh, And uh, two two more number ones are out. Uh, And... um, With Arizona and Gonzaga both out... Duke stays in there. Villanova stays in there. We're going to talk to John Crispin about about all this and more coming up in just a couple of minutes. In fact, Houston, not only that, they stay in there. John Crispin, this half hour. Kim Jones, next half hour. Charles Davis, 406, King final half hour. Matt complaining, entire two hours. (laughs) Although I must say, Arkansas, I told you they were dangerous. They, they Again, their defense I, I, was really good last night, but they, they played. They were able to play to their game because they slowed them down. Had they been in a high-scoring game, yeah, I, I don't think they would have won. But I just didn't think they could score enough last night. I mean, because they had not been out of the fifties in the tournament, and they had not been scoring a lot down the stretch. I mean, Nolte had one of those games last night. Wow, look at his numbers. He took thirty-one shots. Holy mackerel, it's a lot of shots to take, you know, during the course of a game. But, look, they slowed them down. They got them out of rhythm. Uh, and Timmy tried to bring them back. But, you know, to be honest with you, Gonzaga could not slow down Arkansas. They hit shots last night. Arkansas hit shots. And that was important. And they hit their threes last night. They have earned their spot opposite Duke. And I know that Matt is on the Coach K bandwagon. I would love to see it end like that. I don't have it in my bracket. I had them losing to Kansas in my bracket, but I'd be okay to see that busted. Because I think that would be really cool to see Coach K go out the way it has. And they were certainly tested last night. They were really impressive down the stretch too, Duke. Well, they've been they've been tested the last two games. Yeah. Michigan State tested them as well. And in crunch time, which they did not show against Virginia Tech, in crunch time, which they did not show at home in North Carolina, they have played like a better and different team this time through. 
It's made a big difference for them, to their credit. Uh, and they've played well. Houston is playing, again, they're the number two team in the Ken Palm rankings. Houston's been playing like it. Uh, and, of course, Villanova just continues to be Villanova. They play off two feet. They make very few mistakes. They hit their shots. All right, John Crispin on the NCAA tournament. Oh, we're carrying the Final Four, huh? We are, and the championship game. What about the rest of the tournament? No, that wasn't. I'm just going by what I'm told from upstairs. Yeah. Upstairs? Well, corner office slash, <sighs> yeah, corner offices. How about that? Man, that corner office is... You know how sweet Bullers is? Oh, yeah. I just saw him today. Yeah. Okay. What's the only thing that puts Bullers in a bad mood? S-U-I-T. That spells suit On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Out of auto repair. Remember a foul, puts him on the line for two. We're going to play it out. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! Yep, lots of NCAA tournament last night. That was Brian Anderson with the call. Let's uh, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. We bring in John Crispin. John, always great to have you back, my friend. I don't know about the passing part. That part, <laughs> I don't. Like, I've made a lot of things up about my career, and passing's not been one of them. Well, there are a few times you passed it to Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got a good, I got a good quick story that, and that was out of that was uh, out of life preservation, passing to my brother. Yes, um, I got a good one. I ran into Ed Cooley in Buffalo for yeah. the first week of the NCAA tournament. Great and he guy. He was asking about. Well, he's one of the best. Yep, one of the best. And I, I hope at this point, given the fact that they're one of the teams remaining, I, I hope he really gets the consideration he deserves for Coach of the Year. Yeah, because they quietly have been great with not a single great player on their roster. Yeah. I mean, that's been remarkable. The win with less type of type of model, it does work. But I ran into him, and we are talking, and, you know, we did some interviews with him, and he said, wait, didn't we play you guys? He goes, I think it was your freshman year. And I said, yes. Yeah. I said, I remember it because I think I had five assists. And he goes, wait a second. You remember a game because you had five assists? I said, Ed. I would remember a game if I had five passes. <laughs> so for darn sure, I'm going to remember the game I had five assists. Yeah. 
Well, because um, I did a TV game uh, a few years ago, and Ed was the coach. And I was kidding him yep. about that game. I said, I, I said, now it's at the point. I said, I said, a broadcaster was a player, now it's a coach. <laughs> so, yep, yep, uh, amazing. What does age? You know, Steve, uh, go Steve, ahead. I gotta hop in. Go ahead. I, I was listening uh, as I was on hold, and I heard about I don't know what year it was when they played in the Astrodome, right? Yeah, sixty-eight. Yeah. Every every single kid out there today that's getting NIL money should be thankful for that game. Yep. Like, the, the the growth that the game experienced because of that. I remember doing a high school report on that game, and it was such a phenomenon. And it was from that game where people started to realize, shoe companies started to realize, wait, people are seeing this. People are watching this. There's not a better way to market to a, to a, a direct audience, yep. to a direct target market, than to put our shoes on kids. And from that day on, the business grew. So every one of these kids that thinks they're worth what they're worth because they're worth it, they're out of their mind. They ought to thank the NCAA or whoever put that together. Maybe it was John Wooden. I don't know. Uh, but, man almighty, that really helped grow the game. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah, the, Ast- the Astrodome game was the turning point because that, that was TV. All right, now, when yep. it comes to shoes, Sonny Vaccaro is the one that said, you know what, uh, how about if we start doing shoes yeah. and gear for people? And that yeah, changed but that's that. a little. There's a, there's only so much. There's only so much you can say about all that without cringing a little bit. Right. Oh, I understand. And I like I like Sonny Vaccaro, but yeah, oh, I know. You know. I understand completely. Uh, what has age meant to the quality of the tournament we've seen so far? Well, it's hard to. It's the quality part is tough. I think the, uh, I like this term, I made it up, and people like to make fun of me for the terms I make up, but adjustability is one of my new terms. And and it's like, it's not adaptability. Adaptability is different. Adjustability is something that you do instinctually on the fly, and it's it's almost like a learned, it's like a learned um, skill, where you have these old guys that don't worry about how the game's being played, they adjust to it. And I think that's one of the things that has separated experienced teams from everybody else, right? We don't know day in, day out how the game's going to be called, so we don't know how the game's going to be played. And I think these older teams are able to adjust to a style of play that they may not like, but they find a way to win. And I think it's probably the most remarkable thing about Duke's win yesterday is a young team had adjustments, they they toughened up, And they were able to perform against a much stronger, much tougher, much more experienced team. Uh, this is the part that, I, that in terms of the quality of the game, I'm getting a little baffled by. John, the number yeah. of guys that leave their feet and don't know where they're going, and we're seeing more passes go out of bounds, more passes on cutters, yep. because they're leaving their feet and they don't know where to go. And you and I both know you got to play the game off two feet. Yeah, Villanova knows that. Yeah, and look where they're at. Exactly. You know, it's it's funny, and and they they have smaller players. They're, they they don't have a deep bench. They have all these things against them. Yet they do so many of the simple fundamental things right, and they win. And and you wonder at what point more teams will do it. And then you stop and you go, well, wait a second. You got to have guys around. Yep. You, you got to be able to hold guys accountable for fundamentals for you to have fundamentals, and I think that's the real issue. And that's one of those things where we talk about transfer portal and everything else. What's it going to do? It's killing our game. 
And, and I'm one of those guys who's kind of like, let it play out. Let it all play out because what you're going to realize, the quality of play is going to go down. People are going to be better at selecting the right transfers. Right. They're not just going to take whatever talent's out there. They're going to get guys that can play the way they need them to play. And eventually, the transfer market's going to dry up a little bit. Because you're going to realize, like, I need to win with experience, so I need to get I need to get old, then I need to find a way to stay old. Well, the way to do that is the old model. The old model that Purdue is still operating on works. The old model that Villanova's operating on still works. The yeah. old model that, frankly, Houston's operating on. It, now, they're a little bit of a combination. they got some transfers, but yeah. those kids who transfer to Houston, they know exactly what they're getting into. They know exactly what's expected of them because there's experience in place. So I, I think it's it's just one of those things where we may have to live with some bad basketball, some some games that are way too physical, uh, until we get to the point where this whole thing cycles out of this, this crazy free agency that we have in college basketball. Let's call it what it is. If there's a collective for Tennessee that's going to pay a, a high school kid $8 million to come be the quarterback there, then this is free agency. Right. So let's just call it what it is, man. All right. And I feel you. I'm glad you brought up Houston. Because when Calvin Sampson was done at Indiana, his reputation yep. was not very good. Went to the NBA, spent a lot of time there, and you feel like he learned from it. Because I listen to him talk now, and he talks about, hey, yep. look, he talks about you know, getting four-year players. He talks about only using the transfer portal if needed. There's a... It's interesting to talk about somebody who's older and then talk about how you feel they've matured, but I feel like he's matured in exile in the NBA. I felt like he matured. I don't think there's any question. I also think you know, when you go to the NBA, you think the game's more complicated and you realize quickly that it's actually more simple. And I think that's an important thing for people to learn. Like, I go to college practices and I'm just like, holy smokes, guys, Like, this is so complicated. There's no way your kids are getting this. Like, There's just no way. Yep. They don't have a good fundamental understanding. They don't have a good feel for the game. They don't have a good feel for one another. So it's like it's too complicated. You go to the NBA, you realize it, it's simple concepts that work at the highest level. And if you can get those simple concepts down, right, good action offensively, you know, simple philosophical concepts, that's what makes you a good team. And, and the thing is, as much as he learned that, he also found ways to hold guys accountable without, yeah. with, you know, w without breaking their hearts. Yeah. And I think that's, that today is important, right? Like, we are very, we are very sensitive. We are an overly sensitive society. We're offended by everything, yet we are the most offensive people in the world. And kids today are the same. They, they are just that. And it's okay. This is not a kid stink today. It's this is the reality of our world that kids are growing up in, so it's the reality of them. So he understands there's a there's an idea where you have to kind of massage a little bit. You gotta manipulate a little bit. You you've gotta walk alongside, but at the same time, you gotta be careful not to carry their burdens for them. You know what I mean? You, you you've gotta take on their burdens with them, but don't carry them for them. He's done that really well. He's empowered guys to overcome things on their own, and he's walked with them. And I think that's something that he's not getting enough credit for. And it, and it frustrates me because I read a lot of comments about, um, about Kelvin, and it's, it's all about him cheating. And I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, wait, all, all of a sudden we're concerned with somebody cheating because they're succeeding and you don't want him to get attention or credit for what he's doing well? 
like I don't care what he did in the past, quite frankly, because the sins of our present, uh, you know, our present uh, uh, crop of coaches are far worse. Uh, the, the sins of our rules, quite frankly, are far worse. We're changing rules that are just completely ruining the game, and we're worried about some of the things Kelvin did in the past. I, I appreciate what he's doing right now. I appreciate how much he's grown. And I got to say, of all the coaches, man, he's up there in my top ten list of guys I like to just sit down and talk with. Well, it, that's why I, I phrased it the way I did. I feel like he came back and looked around and said, you know what, I got to do it a certain way, and you know what, I'm not going to get myself in trouble again. And no. and I appreciate, no. I always appreciate, I don't know what you mean about too sensitive, John. I don't understand what you're talking about there, not being too sensitive. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I'll just, uh, but, 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 uh, but I appreciate, I always appreciate second chances and see what people can do with it. He does that. Uh, and that's when I say somebody I want to listen to, that's what I, I tell my class all the time. One of the more important aspects of this job is listening because listening then equates yep. to learning. Uh, you know, from somebody that's been around the block. Uh, the the game's coming up tonight. You mentioned Purdue. They got St. Peter's. Attendance at the last yep. St. Peter's home game was 577, literally. Yep. Uh, there's been a lot yep. of spraining of ankles. To me, the issue is not Ivy. It's not, it's not Edie. The problem St. Peter's going to have tonight, to me, is Williams. Because now you bring in a center oh. that... that is a willing passer, and you don't know what to do with them. Yeah, it's it's the honestly, it's the contrasting bigs. Yeah, I think it's really hard for them to figure out like how do you have a game plan for both. You know, I, I don't think they do. I, I my recommendation was have four or five goons. Yeah. You know, go go foul them and be so disruptive with your fouling that they never get a layup, but if they get a catch, they get fouled. Go win it at the free throw line, but but take the yeah. rhythm out of the game. Yeah, he's, Go because, Jaden Ivey to get in transition. Yeah, he's 52% Williams at the free throw line, and Edie has yep. struggled at the line in the tournament. Yep. You know, and, and I know that's a. I don't like that I said that, but that's what I would probably but, do. If but you know, but let's go. But let's go back, like to when Houston beat Illinois. They really used the same game plan Penn State did, so it's not a surprise. You know, Calvin with the yep. NBA background, Micah with the NBA background. All yep. you got to do is read a stat sheet. I mean, we can talk analytics all yeah. you want. The stat sheet says yep. Kofi Coburn has 17 assists and 56 turnovers. What does that tell you? Yep. He's not a willing passer yep. when he catches the ball. Okay, now do your scouting report. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's funny, but we like to get so complicated, partially, I think, to validate our jobs. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I know. analysts. We like, to be, we like to be absolutely right about everything. And I always tell these guys, I'm like, yo, the more, the more we speak in absolutes as if anything, anything is like set in stone, the more we express our ignorance, yeah. like not our wisdom, you know. And I think I think coaches get so consumed at times with so many details when the glaringly obvious is staring you in the face. I know. And it's it's worked elsewhere. Just simplify it a little <laughs> bit and go out and do what you can do. It doesn't mean you're going to win the game, too. I think that's the thing. We we always talk about trying not to lose by stopping what a team does well, mm. or do you force them into positions that you're making somebody else beat you or you're making something in specific, specifically, excuse me, 
beat you, meaning I'm okay if Zach Eady shoots 15-footers all day. Yeah. So we're going to play our defense early. We're actually we're actually going to double him before he gets a catch so he gets a catch where we want him to get it. Yeah. Like, there's things like that that... Those are the best coaches these days. Right, and that's what it's that's not about what, right? stopping you right. from what you do best. That's what Shrewsbury does. Shrewsbury says, "Look, let's make them take yep. as many difficult twos as possible. If they make them, yep. so be it. They make them." I'll so give you. I'll give you one quick. You, know, you can now think yourself story as scouting report. Penn State had an assistant coach. This is years ago. Very detailed and a you know really got that. And one day they're in shoot around. And he looks at everybody and says, now, this is a play they ran two years ago. He says, I'm telling you, they could spring on us tonight. Now, what is the possibility of an 18 to 20-year-old sitting there going, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know you're doing your job, one of the but. Things, <laughs> yep. One of the things we learn as a player is in one ear, out the other. Uh, and well, the teams that get it right, they know how to defend action. Yep. There's there's 15 different actions tops, probably more like five or six in a game. There are five or six different actions, whether it's a pin down, a flare, a ball screen, whatever. So long as you know how to defend those actions, you don't need the details. You need their instincts. Yep. And I think that's what some of the best teams are doing. Yep. They teach action. Yep. There's consistency with how you defend that action, and yep. you trust instincts. Exactly. And within those instincts, that, that comes, there comes the adjustability that I talked about. Well, you talked about NBA simplicity. What, what have they run since yeah. the beginning of time in the NBA? Pick and roll. Right? Yeah. Right? yeah. With, that, with space. With, with space. space. We're doing pick and roll with space. And guess what? That fits into the modern philosophy of layups, free throws, and threes. Those layups are happening off yep. off high pick and rolls. No, it's not. As so long as you have space, sometimes it's not complicated, right? No, it's not. But we like to overcomplicate yeah. things to justify a salary. Yeah. Analysts, broadcasters too. Oh, I've been making it up for years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you've had to call some 20-point blowouts, and you made it sound really good. <laughs> well, now there's a skill and an art to that. So I'll get, <laughs> so one of these days yeah. you and I will talk about and that. We, hey, uh, by the way, I heard, John, I, I heard John Westwood last week on a radio game. You were phenomenal. Did a great job. Oh, thank you. You're phenomenal. Yeah, I, I talk a little less in radio, but I enjoy it. Uh, you know what? Uh, if you do it right, actually... Um, Dick and I, Dick Girardi and I have always had this this deal. I had to do the same thing with Jack Cam. Then football is more space. But I said, yep. I said, look, I don't care how much you talk. I said, you know, at some point, you know, I'll just pick it up where it is. You don't have to. Yep. You know, it's simple as that. Because if the analyst is making a great point, that's invaluable to the broadcast. You do that. So, I don't know how invaluable to the broadcast I was. Scott Graham was invaluable. Scott, was Scott Graham is really good. No, part of it. Scott's really good, but you Terrific. guys, you guys sounded great together. Hey, thanks, my Thank man. You. Appreciate it. You know, and uh, just so everybody knows, if you ever get to the NCAA Hall of Fame, there is you go to 2001. There is John sliding across the floor in one shining moment. That's great. I have never I made it. I've I never it. forgotten it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Super, super. Neither is Billy Packer. Yeah, that's right. Neither is Billy Packer, which made my day. That's exactly right. Hey, thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Tell your family I said hi. Will do. Take care, Steve. Don Crispin. By the way, fire truck parade tonight.
Yeah, for Nori Christian the Girls Basketball. Nori Christian Girls Basketball State Championship. Congratulations to Nori Christian Girls Basketball for winning the state title. Fire truck parade tonight. And, of course, uh, the leader of the pack will be the bandwagon jumper himself, the suit. I just feel like it ruins the moment. All right. But that's big tonight. Congratulations to them. Uh, Kim Jones next here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to be joined by Kim Jones. Kim, great to see you yesterday. Thanks so much for your time today. Steve, it was awesome to see you yesterday at Pro Day. It was awesome to see so many NFL folks there. did not surprise me. Um, I think after... uh, what Micah did last year and a couple others, uh, I think that Penn State's going to be on every team's, and has been, of course, on every team's uh, pro day circuit. But but certainly uh, the enthusiasm seeing some head coaches and some really big defensive coaches there I thought was telling. Yeah, 32 teams. Yep. All 32 were represented yesterday in one form or another. And I think that goes back to the kind of statement that is being made under James Franklin at Penn State. Is that fair? Oh, 100%. The athletes that he's producing, the young men who are coming out of Penn State, the the idea that they get so much better and then still have room to grow. I mean, you know, we see, um, you know, Adafe Owe, um, you know, have a great, great season that we would all be talking about as Penn Staters, you know, for the Baltimore Ravens, except that, you know, Micah was that much better, and Micah took yeah. the NFL by storm. I mean, you, you know, you're talking about Penn State from an athletic standpoint measuring up. You know, I think with just about anyone, um, I understand the advantage some of the Southern schools have in that in that capacity, perhaps. But, um, yeah, you know me. I'm bullish on James uh, Franklin and the program, yep. and I, I truly think that, that really, really, really good days are ahead very soon, especially, Steve, after picking the brains of so many Penn State coaches coaches who are really excited about this what this current team can be and I love hearing that. Yeah, exactly and they are and they you know it's two practices in but you can see it mm-hmm. uh, on the practice field which you and I talked about yesterday yep. you and I re- went through a position by position breakdown from safeties to, to receivers. Jahan Dotson did not need to run his 40 yesterday no. uh, and did not but he worked out mm-hmm. uh, as a receiver. Considering the recent movement in the NFL, Tyreek Hill going, Devontae Adams going, what does that now do to the market for a guy like Jahan Dotson, especially based on what you saw yesterday? I I don't really think a whole lot because 
for instance, with a Tyree kill, you're getting him for a very specific reason um, to help a quarterback in Tua yeah. who, is, who is very quickly emerging, as these young quarterbacks do, into their quote-unquote prove-it years, right? So you're going to want to get a veteran, uh, just like the Jets would have loved to have gotten Tyree Kill to help Zach Wilson, who after a rookie season that was uneven, you know, the jury is still out on Zach Wilson, even though the Jets obviously are hoping he's the guy for the next decade. So I I think that you're talking about two different kinds of receivers now. Uh, The Mm -hmm. the veteran, um, proven, who either sticks and helps you know, uh, perhaps some, a different quarterback, or is traded and goes to a new team where you know he can obviously help a new quarterback. Devonte Adams would fit into that category, not in the new co- quarterback part, but the new team part. Um, but then I also think, and I've said this on my radio shows recently, Steve, we are going to see waves of receivers in the draft now until yes. the game changes again, and only if the game changes again, in my opinion, because this. This was not a league where receivers were the prime position, but it's, been, it's become that league, in my opinion, because the young athletes want to play receivers now, re- receiver now because of the spread offenses, because of the opportunity to not only catch the ball but make plays, and the idea that the way the college game is being played, you are now seeing some of your best athletes, Jamar Chase comes to mind, uh, you know, yeah. at that receiver role. So I think the, re- the cycling of receivers, I think is something we are going to see for like a generation, if you will, of football players. Again, unt- unless and until the game changes again. The receiver is the prime position in terms of turnover, in terms of draft picks, and in terms of getting the young ones while they're cheap and maximizing their potential, because almost all, I shouldn't say almost all, many of them are ready to uh, plug and play in the NFL now. Well, in fact, you look at the Big Ten, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, yep. and a bigger receiver in David Bell out of Purdue. He doesn't have the speed the other three have. Mm-mm. Uh, without question. But that's what you're talking about. And what's interesting in the NFL, last year Cincinnati, many people felt going in that they, they're going to go out to Penny Sewell. they got to protect Burrow. Yes. They, they went with Chase, and yeah. Chase changed how they played. Yes, and and it was a gamble, though, right? I mean, it absolutely was a gamble because now they have to fix that offensive line, right? Right. You know, so um, it's a matter of picking and choosing who and when. And if you can nail that, and I would agree with you, Cincinnati did a good job with that, but I remember seeing Zach Taylor at Florida's Pro Day when Kyle Pitts worked out, and I just looked at Zach, yeah. and Zach Taylor's a, a great guy to talk to, very nice. He's young, obviously. Everyone's young, Steve. But um, <laughs> he's a great guy to talk to, and I remember he was kind of walking toward me and off the field, and I looked at him and I said, um, what are you thinking leaving here? And he said, I'm thinking about Kyle Pitts. Like, you know, and, not, and I think that they probably did give at least a little bit of time to Pitts because he's like a receiver as a tight end. And I think he's going to, you know, go on to have, you know, outstanding NFL years. But they certainly made the right pick in reuniting Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, who is just absolutely electrifying. I have to ask you very quickly about Daniel Jones. When you see him and you're around, there are a lot of factors that go into this. Why isn't it working for him? Because he doesn't have pocket presence. And I talked to actually some folks at Penn State 
um, from different teams about Daniel yesterday uh, because I like to, even though I find, you know, I, I kind of come, come, come to my own conclusion, Steve, you know, you've known me a long time, but I like to make sure. I have now talked, I can't tell you, to maybe three dozen talent evaluators over Daniel's career. Not, not a million, but, but certainly enough. Mm-hmm. And they all, almost to a man, mention pocket presence. And I had picked up on that very early. He doesn't feel pressure coming. He's not aware pressure pressure is coming. And um, unless and until he solves that, and the jury is out on how much you can solve that, because some of it is innate, uh, he's not going to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Excellent point. Uh, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, um, now I, I, he ran yesterday. He, yes, he did, did everything yesterday. And he also, you know, he did he did the shuttle. He did everything yep. along the way. What was the impression you got from talking with people and your own personal impression yep. from watching him work out? I think that he's a playmaker at safety, which we're seeing the safety. We're also seeing the safety position evolve, right, Steve? And I'm no, I'm no expert who can, you know, break all of this down for you. And, and you certainly don't need me to break it down for you. But I'm not some expert in all of these trends in the NFL. But it's what I see, and then I, you know, I check it with folks who, who, you know, actually live it and and, and do it on a daily basis. You know, the the, the uh, too high safety approach that because of the aforementioned receivers in this league, we're seeing a lot more in terms of defenses and that sort of thing. The idea that Brisker is a playmaker, in my opinion, I think that most people would probably agree with that. I'm assuming, Steve, you know, you and Jack calling the games would, would mostly agree with that, at least. Absolutely. Um, no, I think that's the idea that you can have a safety who can create havoc. Not a safety. You know, this idea, like, well, he's got to be able to run, you, you know, with, with, the, with the third receiver on the field or, or anything like that. Not as much, in my opinion, when I watch the NFL, not as much anymore. They are scheming out of some of those, you know, potentially bad matchups. But the idea that you can make plays and have that ball awareness as a DB, Steve, that's never going to go away as a priority. I see him as that kind of kid. You and Jack, you know, call the games. You, you see him far more often than I. So, you know, if you, if you gently corrected me here, I'd be fine with it, of course, as always, my friend. But it, to me, with Brisker, yeah. you look at him as a playmaker. You've got, you got it exactly right. And because there's certain guys, as you and I talked about yesterday, this shows off the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Right, you and I talked about his football instincts and yeah. how he knows how to play, and that—that's the combination of the two and his size. I think I think fits really well into into the yep. NFL game. He's bigger than I thought. Like he physically, he looks yeah. bigger than I thought. You know, I watch the games on TV. You know, um, yeah. hopefully I can make it to the blue white game. Put my eyes on some of these newer kids, but um, just because I love you know my alma mater so much, but. Um, whether I can or can't, like when you do end up seeing them in person, you get a whole different idea of what they are physically. And and he's put together really well. I would I would not think he makes it out of the second round. And for some yeah. folks who maybe were hoping first, I don't necessarily know that they're wrong. But but I think you know you turn into a second round pick in this league. You know it's a that's a really great accomplishment and something that that any of these young men should be proud of. Absolutely, uh, it, it's also interesting. You being there and when you've been around the Jets you're there when you're around the Giants you're there the importance not just of talking to people because I feel the same way you do I'm asking questions all the time 
to the people where it's yep. their job. Uh, but you actually seeing this for yourself instead of just watching a video, what does that mean? Yeah, you mean like being there at Pro just Day yesterday? Being, being there and seeing it, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. I was really surprised by a couple of things. Mike McCarthy was there from the Cowboys along with Dan Quinn. You know, yeah. that's a Micah effect to some degree. I'm absolutely yeah. convinced of that. They're also really good coaches, and Dan, Dan Quinn in particular has been so kind to me at a couple of different points in my career. And, you know, to see them there, they could have easily sent – you know, subordinates, you know, who could have who could have said, you know, maybe Micah's not there this year, but we like these guys. They wanted to see it for themselves. John Lynch made the trip. You know, yes. I remember last year, John Lynch didn't go to Trey Lance's pro day. Now, it was a different time, and COVID factored into some of those decisions. So, you know, you and I can't suppose exactly what why and everything else, and I would not mm-hmm. try to. But, right. you know, John Lynch didn't go to Trey Lance's pro day last year. Uh, he certainly was briefed on it and saw video of it. I'm, you know, he did his homework. I'm not in any way suggesting John would shirk those responsibilities because he never, ever would. But he didn't go to Trey Lance's pro day, and he was at Penn State yesterday. Yep. You know, exactly. so I just find that kind of thing interesting when they do travel the, the distances because they can easily send scouts. Mm. They can easily send the folks who would not be nearly as recognizable, but can certainly report back on what they see. So that tells me um, probably about where some of these defensive players are starting to rank for some of these NFL teams in particular. Um, And it also tells me that they want to see what Penn State has going on. When you look at Owe and what he has done, when you look at some other pass rushers, Yitor's finding his way a little bit, but he's, you know, working into shape. Uh, Carl Nassib for a long time has been a great pass rusher in this league, a, a great to good pass rusher in this league. So, you know, Penn State has that reputation, and I just loved seeing everyone who was there. And I know this is a long answer, Steve, and I thank you for, you know, inviting me on your show always. I will tell you the one thing that stuck out most to me, and it's for many different reasons. Brian Flores was there yesterday. Yes. In my yes. mind, for all intents and purposes, that's a 33rd head coach in this league. And yep. I had a chance to talk to him. Someone told me beforehand, I don't know if Brian will talk. You know, you know, not tread lightly. He didn't warn me in any way, shape, or form. But he just said, I'm not sure if he's going to talk to you. I mean, I am a member of the media. Steve, I had an incredible conversation, and I will not betray any of it. Uh, yep. You know me. Secrets. You know, stay yep. with me because they're not not every conversation is for broadcast. I will say this: <laughs> the 15 minutes or so I spent talking to Brian Flores were incredible and very much made an impression on me. I, I have great yeah. respect for that man. I have great respect for him as well. And you just described an important part of my career: what happens if Vegas yep. stays in Vegas? Hundred uh, percent. That's why people trust you. Yes. You know, and, you you and, break that one. You know, the trust is gone, and you never would. I know you never would. One final, one final, just a number for you. I did get the final number on Drew Hartlob yesterday. Yeah. 4.22. I mean, it's sick. He's so fast. He's a gunner, right? Yes. He yeah, could have a job a in this career. In, in, in this, he, could, he could conceivably have a special teams job. You know, I don't yep. want to go crazy, but for the next six years with that kind oh, of speed. I, I talked to him th- uh, this morning. As a matter of fact, I okay. talked to Drew for about ten minutes this morning, and I brought up Ethan Kilmer, which of course you know. And Ethan carved out a few years in the NFL with mm-hmm. the Bengals because he could do that. Right. 
So. Right. Well, yeah. what I loved was, as you know, James was yelling out the 40 times or, or like, yes. you know, using his fingers <laughs> to kind of spell out, if you will, the 40 <laughs> times. And when he ran, James just cupped his, his hands, you know, around his mouth and yelled very fast. And then he gave his 40 <laughs> times. So I, that was one of my, like, most, uh, most enjoyable moments of yesterday's Pro Day, among many, many enjoyable moments. <laughs> and he looked over at you and me and he said, I can look at 17 watches with that East Stroudsburg math education. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yeah, it was great. It was great to be there yesterday. It really was. It was good for my, my soul, my football soul, and I just loved being there. I hope you get back for the blue-white game. So I hope so, thank Steve. You I'll so... wave to you in the press box. How's that? That would be great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for anytime, the time we spent yesterday and for being yep. on the show today. You got it. Anytime, Steve. Have a great day. Kim Jones, great to have her on the show. Going through uh, yesterday's pro day here at Penn State, we're shift gears. We'll talk to Charles Davis, King in the final half hour. Uh, we had come up with this plan to get a guest on every half hour today because Matt had so many complaints. We just thought it would drag the show into a depressing <laughs> mud. You don't think we have a plan? Well, I created some of the said plan, so I, I knew I was getting into. No, we told you that we can't have you complaining, so you just, like, lined up guests. <laughs> All right, back with more. Isn't she great? Kim's oh, I great. love Kim Jones. I, I, I wish great, NFL great, great. Network didn't. didn't uh, I don't know what happened there, but I, I still I miss her on hey. NFL Network. I do. Yep. Yep. She'll, she'll be fine. Always. She's doing very well. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstore, is ready for all of your warm weather activities. Camping, picnics, grilling, visit Brewers Outlet first for microbrews, imports, domestic specialties. They got them. Grab some pickles at the pickle bar, Steve Jones's favorite place. Snacks, Brewers Outlet has that covered. Soda, sports drinks, check. Weekly specials, too. And there's lots of convenient parking. So get all the refreshments everyone will love for your next outdoor gathering at Brewers Outlet. The Beverage Superstock Superstore, Reagan Street, Sunbury. 